0: Good morning. This is Amanda Marie and you are listening to Love Made She podcasting. Um first I want to I want to start us off in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are so good. You are my rock. You are my redeemer. And God, I podcast today from vacation from a place of peace. And God, I just ask that you will bless this morning's podcast and that you will help us to really see your glory as we go through this um we go through this point of meditation, Lord. God, open our eyes to see your glory. Open our hearts to receive even the most micro, micro microscopic things about ourselves. Help us to, to not sweep it under the rug, but to get rid of it, to shine light in the dark places of our souls, Lord, that you can have free range over us, our bodies, our minds, and our deeds, Lord. God, give us your glory, Lord. Give us wisdom, give us knowledge, give us patience, Lord, and we'll give you all the glory. Amen. Alright, so what we're going to do today is we're going to go through um, Psalms nineteen one. I think that this will make a beautiful podcast. This podcast might go for 30 minutes, so I'm going to let you know that now. Um, I think it's beautiful. I was on a plane to get to my location and... Um, just looking out the window and seeing the sky, seeing the clouds, you know, seeing the earth from, from a bird's eye view, it just it was unbelievable, it was remarkable. And to um, be doing my devotions this morning and seeing that Psalms 19 spoke about the sky. <laughs> and 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 how it's 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 understandable to everybody, no matter what race, no matter what where you come from, it, it's everywhere. The sky is everywhere, everyone has a piece of it. And I and I think that it's a valid time to really talk about that because everyone's voting, everybody's feeling the tensions of this world, but is everyone thinking about God? You know, is everyone realizing that he created everything, that that he is above and not beneath, you know? So here we go. Let's go through this. Uh, this is going to be a new international version. So that's NIV. Okay, uh, verse 1. Verse 1 says, The heavens declare... Wait, hold on. I'm trying to set the phone down. Okay. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. And night after night, they reveal knowledge. Day after day, they pour forth speech. What is the sky saying? Night after night... They reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Amazing. In the heavens... God has pitched a tent for the sun. This is where it gets good. It gets real good to me here. It says, I'm going to start back at verse 4. It says, Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. That means that the sky is is vast to the point where it goes out to end to end. You know, uh. And it says, "Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom. Oh, God spoke to me this morning. God's been, let me tell you something. God's been talking to me about being His bride, about Him being my bridegroom. Um, I come from a a, a place where, uh." I constantly, I constantly pray for my husband. I don't know if that's a thorn for someone else in this, in this, uh, audience, but it happens to come from a very sore place for me, you know, um, so I always long for it and, and I tell you my testimony. You know, one day I was I was at a former church, a very uh I call it a brother and uh or sister in church and uh a church that affiliates with uh, other churches that I I deal with. Um so I was sitting there, you know, praying, you know, and a woman tapped me and said, "God has a message that, you know, I want to tell you, but he, he, he warned me, you wouldn't receive me, you know, you know, so do you want to hear it? And I laugh because God knows I don't really like when people try to, uh, project the future or, or speak, uh, speak about something, you know, of the, so, uh, she, we laughed it off, but she spoke to me that morning and she told me things that were in private that, that only God would know in my intimate thoughts and, and, um, sorry. And, um, that's when I knew, that's when I knew, um, that he wanted, he wanted to be my bride's girl. So I started to research what that means. I wanted to know because I want this pain to go away and I want to be free. So I said, God, tell me what it, what did you mean by that? And he brought, he brought me, um, he brought me to the concept that, you know, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many mansions. And then so I I looked a little further into it. And it says that the Jewish traditions, when their sons would get married, they would add extensions on homes, you know, so that the son and his new family can be close and within their royalty, but, you know, have their own domain. And I just, I still cry about it because it's so beautiful to me. You know, God Reassured his disciples. Jesus Christ reassured his disciples over and over again, like, I have to go. I lay my life down so that I can pick my life up. Because the Father put him here for a a mission, a purpose greater than than anything we can understand. And that's the beauty of following Christ. Because if you if you look at the full picture. It's not going to be too long that we're going to suffer here in this place. He went to the Father. And then he also brought me to scriptures that were saying like, you know, um I and God uh uh I and the Father are one. You know, uh I'm trying to think of the cesarean it was a cesarean um person and he was trying to tell this person like you know I and the Father are one you know and you know that that's what I love about God he was only doing what God his father sent him here to do that's what I love about Jesus he was always just trying to do his father's will he he was un, he was not changeable you know like Sometimes in life we we can we can be steadfast, and then we can be very laxed. And you know Jesus never lost his his steadfastness, and fervency of it. You know he didn't put it down. He may have taken breaks, but his breaks was to again be with the Father. So let's get back to this. Um, Verse 6. Let's start verse 5 again. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. Like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens. And it makes a circuit to the other nothing is deprived of its warmth i love it i love the whole two verses a bridegroom coming out his chamber a man is happy when he's married people are at their all-time high when they get married and a champion think of a boxer he's jumping He's rocking from foot to foot he's 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 hyping himself up, you know he's looking at the audience they' chanting his name. Think about how happy a person is when they my pastor used this analogy god God, I'm giving you glory, Lord, I give you glory, I give you glory i same topic same topic if you when we when we finish going through this um this chapter, this book of psalms at the end, it starts to talk about, it starts to talk about our inward sins, you know, things that we do willingly. And me and my pastor, one morning I came up to my pastor and I was telling him my revelation after researching Bridesgroom. And I was telling him, I was like, oh yeah, it's so exciting. And I told him the same story I just told you. And, um, I said, but I'm always letting them down. You know, I just want to be steadfast about God's business. You know, I don't want to do anything that God hasn't set me up to do. And he was like, but Amanda, cause my past is full of love. You know, he said, but Amanda, he said, think of it like this. He said, he said, uh, think of an, a person who, who trains for the Olympics. He said, if if the person was trying to do like a triple backflip or something, or if that's even a thing, a double spring, whatever, whatever. And he said, and they keep falling, and they keep falling, and they keep falling. But then they stick it. He said how proud they are. You know, they train for that one day. And then when that one day, just like a, a champion rejoicing to run his course, that 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 person training for the olympics gets that one day to put forth all of their energy toward that one ali ali whatever and how 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 happy they are and and you know and that's how it is with being a believer you know every day you're falling but the trick is not to stay down the trick is to get up to stand tall, to know that your father is in heaven, rooting and cheering and and giving you the word, whispering in your ear, you can do it. You know, if you ever think of a boxer, I like to use the analogy of a boxer because if you ever see a boxer, his coach is looking at him. You look at football, uh, yeah, football. You look at football. The coach got the paper over his mouth so no one sees what he's talking, but he's focused on his players. He's shooting calls. He's, oh yeah, yeah, move to the left. Uh uh-uh, uh, we're gonna do this one. Every coach. Is, is in their, um, their, their person's ear telling them, you can do it. You got it. But I think in this world, in this society, in the times that we live, people are forgetting that we fall down. We're not perfect, but we live in, it, we live in a world where people are trying to tell you you're perfect or you can be perfect or you can form some form of being perfect. And I struggle with that. So God is always telling me, you know, don't call unclean what I have called clean. You know, if God has washed you in his blood, you are now a new creature, a new mind, a new opportunity to be someone greater. And, and we don't give ourselves enough credit. We Babies, babies fall down, but we give them so much praise. We're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, you took one step. Oh, my God, it's so beautiful. You're amazing. But we don't do it for ourselves. And and that's the part that, that we need to get back to that. We need to get back to, and I think that that's probably what happens in a lot of marriages. You know, because I'm constantly looking into, you know, I'm always looking for some kind of um something that talks about being single being married, so I always find myself watching you know uh by uh pastors uh do some kind of commentary on you know counseling for marriages so I was the most recent one I was watching it was like an instagram clip, and this couple was talking about their marital counsel um and and in the midst of this this little uh clip, you know, the husband had said to his wife, like, you, you know, you, you may lift me up in public. He was like, you, you tell people in public that I'm a good guy. I'm a good father. He was like, but in private, you don't make me feel the same way. He was like, and you know, sometimes I, I wish you would give me that same energy in private. And, and what I'm saying this for is we have to remember that. Being excited for the little steps, like if you thought about it in your marriage like this, you know, if my husband, because I'm a woman, so we got to do it from the woman's perspective. If my husband, if I told him, I don't like it when you do X, Y, and Z, and then one day he may start to talk the way I don't want him to do or or You know, push me a little harder than I wanted him to push me, but then he double backs and he goes, Okay, okay, you know, honey, when you get a chance, get it done, you know, and he gives me grace. I should be happy that he tried, even though he started off a little rough and then he ended with a little, a little grace. I gotta remember that it's a, it's a stepping stone. It's, it's a, it's a baby step and I have to give him credit for the baby step. And I think that we don't give credit to people for the baby steps. We want them to be like one and done, you know, And the, you know, in that, and, you know, I think we should digress and we should start to, um, get back to that. Cause scripture is clearly, um, reminding us of that. So if we move on, we're now in verse six, um, verse 6 of Psalm 19, um, it says, It rises at one end of the heavens, and it makes circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statues of the Lord are Trustworthy. Making wise the simple. So let's not brush past this because everybody wants to meet God at his commandments. You know, I I don't want to say I specialize in love, but I'm gifted in love you know love is something i don't i don't normally run out of it's not something i i let go of very easily you know some people are more law some people are more love i'm more love i don't i am a little uh little sloppy in the law area you know but hey you know everyone has their gifting but god's law it says the law of the law of the lord is perfect refreshing to the soul The meaning, I think, it's just trying to tell us that if you do God's will, it will save you. My father used to tell me this all the time. It will save you plenty of time. You know, if you just do what I tell you to do, save yourself 10 years of struggles. That's what my father used to tell me. And it makes sense now. You know, and it says the statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. We all are a little simple minded. Everyone has an area of expertise and everyone has an area of ignorance. There's some things you know, there's some things you don't know. But what we have to remember that God knows all understanding. He has all knowledge, all wisdom. So because he has all knowledge and all wisdom, we have to trust that his knowledge and his wisdom is perfect. And the law of the Lord is perfect. It's refreshing to the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Let's move on to verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. I love the word precepts because recently I, um, I was praying about trying to follow God's word a little more closely in my life. Not just hearing his word, but actually applying his word and making his word known to me throughout the day, which is hard to do because I'm not a computer and I don't remember every written word that God ever wrote. But what I learned along the way is if I stop, remember we talked about God's nature. God, God stops and he prays to his father for direction. And I, and I realized after really, um, listening to God that if I don't know what I need to do during the day, if I stop, maybe go to the bathroom maybe just take a break and i pray to god about what it is i need to know and what it is i need to do he will surely give me clues or some form of understanding maybe i you know i will i will think about it in a different way maybe something will come to my mind that reminds me of an obstacle i went through previously and then i'll get the i'll get the power back i'll get the endurance back i might get motivated again and that's what sustains you. So you got to remember that when I'm going through life, trucking through the difficulties of life, if I take if I treat if I do like God did, God says think back on my precepts, think back on the things that I have done in your life that is pleasing, that is perfect, that is um you know, um honorable, noble, um that that you will find peace there. So if we Condition ourselves that when life is getting crazy and things are getting chaotic, that you stop what you're doing and you really think about God's goodness. Think about the last time he saw you through something different. Think about um, something more um, positive. Flip the issue. It's something discouraging. Think about it in a more positive way so that you can get enough, just enough energy to push yourself through this obstacle. Okay? So... Verse 10 says they are more up oh, where we go, where we go. Verse 8. Verse as ra, excuse me, guys. Verse 8 says, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. I love the concept of light and dark because our church, our beautiful, wonderful church is called Lamp in the Valley. Um it's um it's really referencing Psalms one nineteen, you know, um the lamp at your feet. Um God's word is lamp at your feet. And you know, it's beautiful because the word is a lamp at your feet. And when you allow God to enter into you being a temple of God and you let the word permeate your mind and you and you and you start to Cast out all, remember, remember when I told you, you're taking a break from something bad. So something chaotic or something difficult, look at it as a form of darkness. Look at your break as a moment to look into something light. So you take a break and you're looking into the word. The word is light. So now that you're getting a new epiphany, the light is now in your mind. You know, the light is now coming with you back to this dark place, back to this chaos, back to this difficult situation. So it is in fact, um, lighting the way. So it's the commands of the Lord are radiant, radiant. His word is a light. He is the light. He, you know, he's even described as being, a in a beret of light. So bright, in fact, that you can't even look onto it, you know? So imagine that, you know, think about looking at a light bulb, you know, how it, how it will um, eclipse your eyes and make you very blind in that moment. So, giving light to the eyes. His word is going to give light to your eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure. Enduring forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is the be- wisdom is the f- beginning. I'm sorry, I'm all backed up. Let me think of this. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So... It's the same concept. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. Um, that means you're, you're, you're purifying yourself. You're taking the time. You're getting revelations. Um, the decrees of the Lord are firm. As we know, God God is very concrete in what he in what he wants from us. He's not going to he's not going to waver. He's not going to be like, "Okay, today you can go kill someone and tomorrow, mm, if you just repent, it's going to be all over." No, he wants you to be very strict with your ways. He wants you to be very sound in your judgment. He wants you to to really because let's face it, you can't be fickle. You can't be wishy-washy. It's nothing worse than doing business with someone who can't commit. You know, you want you want to do business with somebody who can't commit, you're going to make yourself crazy. It's nothing worse than being in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to commit. You can't, you can't, like you know how some people say, I can't build my nest on that branch. And it's ironic. Here we go, another parallel. A bird will never build a nest on a branch that's not secure. Just as... God has described himself as a vine, you know, and, and being the source of someone who's a branch, you know, um, and, and there's so much parallels that were grafted in to this one source, but we're all different branches. Now, if you're a grafted in branch, you can be, you can be very weak, you know, if you're not going to. Thrive from the trunk or the vine of this new source. You won't be nourished. You won't be strong. And when you will surely fall off, you know, and I believe the parallels here are, are very clear that his decrees, the decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. His words lead us to a, plate of, a, a posture of righteousness. You know, if we if we apply his word, live out his word, we will see that he is good. We will see that he's trustworthy. We will see that he loves us so much that we are um, worthy. We're worthy of life. We're worthy of all the things. That's why he says, you know, uh, Seek me first in the kingdom of heaven and everything else will be added on to you. You know, if you put him first and you follow his precepts, you will you will surely know which way to go. You will make better choices for yourself. You will you will save yourself time, as my dad always says, and you will definitely be pure in heart and and you will endure forever and you will have firm understanding. You won't be fickle, you won't be, you know, wishy-washy. And I think that's amazing. And then verse 10 goes on to say they are more precious than gold. Still talking about his his words, still talking about the word of God. Still talking about, you know, all of his 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 laws and his understanding, um his decrees, his laws. They are precious, precious, more precious than gold. Um, They are sweeter. They are sweeter than honey. The honey from the honeycomb. By them, your servant is warned. So um, most recently, let's see if I can pull it out of my notes here. Most recently, I just, uh, again, researching God's word. um, Second Timothy 316 had said, all scripture, all scripture is breath, is breathed, excuse me, all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We are talking about righteousness right now. God's word is precious. It's, it's more precious than pure gold. It's sweeter than honey. By them, your servant is worn. It's good for correction. And keeping them is great reward. Great reward. How much more reward of, you know, peace of mind? And now if you live a chaotic life, you can appreciate some peace. And if you live a very peaceful life, you can you can appreciate being um, being chastened, chastened, being corrected, being strengthened by the word. The word is not is not painful or or or, uh, you know, uh something that makes you want to run away, a lesson you're living wrong. Now, no one wants to hear correction when you want to stay in the sin. You know, it's like an alcoholic. You know, you need to put that drink down. You, You think they don't know that they need to put that drink down? Of course they want to put that drink down. They feel yucky in the morning. They don't want to stay there. But at the same time, they They like to wellow in there in there you know how how good it feels when you're having a drink and you're venting and you're soaking in your problems and you're talking junk because that was that's that's where I came from in my life. I used to drink my beer with my girlfriends and we would talk about men like a dog. We would really just have ourselves a filled day. Men ain't nothing. You know, life, you know, can't do nothing with them. And we would really crack up laughing and have ourselves a good time. But at the same time, we wasn't fixing anything. We still woke up with the same problems, but we felt better for the night. It's not, it's not sure. It doesn't bring you further. God's word is always going to lead you somewhere great. It's not going to leave you in your, it's not going to leave you in your pain. It's not going to leave you in Your struggle is going to take you further, so that's why you can. And I've always heard uh, um, other good believers, good godly counsel, always told me. uh, I remember when I used to say, "How do I? How do I know God's speaking to me?" I used to always try to understand how do I discern His voice. What does that sound like? What does that look like? I was told there's two ways to hear from God. You know, actually. If I'm being honest, I would go with three, but I was told it's two ways. It's going to be a revelation in your mind, you know, uh, through the written word, it's going to be, um, the word is going to illuminate to you. It's going to bring back to you in your mind. Or maybe if you're looking in the Bible directly, it's going to make, it's going to go, aha to you in the Bible. Or, you know, um, a lot of times you're going to, you're going to have someone embrace you, with with a uh, understanding, you know, someone's gonna say to you just what you need to hear, just what you needed to move forward, just what you needed to confirm your thoughts. But the beautiful thing about God using people to confirm your thoughts, He's not gonna do it once. God's not a drive-by God. He's not gonna drive by and be like, yo, 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 that's your stuff, and you're gonna have to jump in the air and catch it, and then be like, oh, I missed. No, God doesn't work that way. God's going to come to you. He's going to tell you what it is you need to know through a person, through the word. But he's going to do it more than once. And he typically does it around two to three times. That's how you definitely know God is talking to you because he's not going to just do it once. He's going to do it twice. And he's not going to just do it twice because some people is a little hard headed. He's going to say it three times. And I really think that you can see that ironically throughout the Bible, you know, there's always a stroke of three. It's always a three, 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 three. It's always, you know. So, you know, I hope that blesses someone because that was something that I really, uh, I really saw throughout my, my walk. You know, God would definitely uh, bring something to mind or bring someone into my life to speak to me. Um, so, okay, where are we? Okay, verse 11. It says, by them the servant is warned. In them, wait, by them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Verse 12. But who can discern their own errors? Talk to me. Who? Who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Let me tell you something. Man can do so many things, but they always think mankind thinks he's right think she's right. No one ever thinks they're wrong. Most people who go long term debate and stuff, you know, and, and won't let go is because they think they're right. And, and you ever have a conversation with someone where their perspective is just one step either above yours or below yours. And either way you look at it, we're all right, but you're really just going jot for titter and you're really just digging. And it's like, oh, but I'm right, but for these X, Y, and Z reasons. And then, then they go, well, I'm right for these X, Y, and Z reasons. And then maybe a third person jumps in and say, well, you're both right. You're both right because of these X, Y, and Z reasons. And everybody's kind of right, but we're all kind of wrong. That's why when we spoke about this earlier in the verses, we said, you know, um, God's standard is only right. He's the only course of true wisdom and true knowledge. So we don't, we don't want to fall on our own understandings. We want to make sure that we're always double backing and seeing what the word says. And it's, it's actually my pastor very simplified it for me. He said, don't be afraid to Google things. You know, a lot of times people get very, oh, I don't want to get false prophecy or oh, I don't want to get led astray. Well, let me tell you, as long as you're seeking the word of God, and you're using valuable sources. You're not going to, uh, you know, uh, questionsandanswers.com or something like that. You know, you're, you're going to a reliable source where you see, you know, um, people who have been theologians for many years, you know, and you also want to go to the raw word, the word written in your physical Bible, and you want to compare and contrast it to the written word that you see on the internet. You don't always want to go because a lot of translations can be a little misleading. You know, translations are meant to make the word simplified, but God is a God who is simple. God is a simple God. He's not complicated. Man complicated the word. Mankind took it upon themselves to add and and add to the word, God didn't want us to add to the word. So yes, is there opportunity to be a misinter- misinterpretation? Absolutely. But if you were gonna go and seek out an answer, you're not gonna just call one friend, right? You're not just gonna you're not just gonna uh, take someone's word for it. You're gonna go and research it. So if you seek Him, you will surely find Him. You know. And so, and that, and you know, it was, um, that just started thinking, I remember there was a time when I started, um, looking into wisdom. I really, really, really wanted to know wisdom because the beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I really, I wanted to know, and I started researching wisdom and I, and I learned that wisdom is actually described as a person, you know, standing in the street, shouting, (laughs) you know wisdom is described as a person who's been waiting at your kitchen table all morning long for you to wake up and decide to get some (laughs) you know apparently wisdom has been standing right beside us waiting for us to inquire so truth is if you want a little more wisdom you got to you got to initiate the relationship because it's a very... Wisdom seems to be a very shy person, you know, or maybe not shy because it's standing in the street yelling, apparently. Uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll, at the end of this, try to reference that verse uh, about wisdom because I, I, I actually giggled about it because like, I was like, really? You know, wisdom's been at my kitchen table, you know, waiting for me to wake up in the morning so, and seek it. Um, So... Let's finish this out. Verse 13 says, "Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me, then I will be blameless innocent of great transgressions." Um it makes me think about uh when when uh it was said, you know, should we should we keep on sinning? You know, so that, you know, you know, God can continue to be crucified. You know, let's not just keep on sinning because God died for our sins. You know, let's not keep uh, making a mockery of his sacrifice because truth is, you know, He did it. He did. He did that for you before you even began to sin, you know, and if you really take your time and go through his crucifixion and go through the the all I love. I love and I know a lot of people talk junk about the Catholic Church, but the one thing I've always admired about going on the holy grounds is that they have the 12 steps. Literally, visually for you to understand. And I walk the 12 steps. This is the only thing I really utilize on the Catholic grounds. They have a 12 steps. And it's every step God took along his crucifixion all the way to the cross, all the way to the tomb. And I'm telling you, it's something empowering about the 12 steps. Every time I stop at every single step, it reminds me. It, it, it gives me a visual to my, to my, to my th- Thoughts of the word and it reminds me that he fell down and he had friends come alongside him and you know he did all of this he did all of this for us and and, I, and when I get to the cross and I look up to him on that cross and I see the pain in his eyes because people have a beautiful I love art and they do a beautiful job of projecting his pain through his lashing through the holes in his hands and his feet and in his eyes the pain and I can I can physically see his pain and I can hear his words when he says, forgive them because they don't know their what, they they're, they don't know that they sinned against you. You know, they don't know their sin. And, and I can hear it when I see him up on that cross. And then when I go to the tomb and then the tomb is empty and everyone's putting candles down in the tomb, it reminds me. That he's not he's not in that tomb, that he's a risen Lord, that he that he ascended to heaven and and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and it reminds me of that, and there's victory in that and when I finish the twelve steps at the tomb, I leave that day in victory and a good exercise at that, and it reminds me of his goodness. So, verse 14, the last verse of Psalms 19, it says, May these words of my mouth, in in this meditation of my heart, be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock, my redeemer. You have been listening. You have been listening. To love made she podcasting. My name is Amanda Marie. I hope that this blessed you because it blessed me this morning. And the next time you wake up and see a sunrise and the next time you see a sunset, remember that everybody on this earth, on this little rotten earth, this little ghetto earth, is seeing that beautiful sunset no matter if they live in Asia no matter if they live in Africa no matter if they live in Europe they are all seeing it even the good old USA so God bless you you are loved you have purpose you have reason and I love you be blessed by this God bless you have a good day